0: With the liberalization of guy gaming across the United States and, and in Canada, and a large players, large entertainment players coming into the industry, there, there desperately needs to be a revamp of that image to attract a younger generation. And, and I think a, a lot of firms get
1: that. This episode is brought to you by SBC Summit North America, the biggest sports betting and eye gaming event of its kind. Their highly anticipated event returns this summer on July 12th through 14th, which will bring together all of the major players in the fast growing North American sports betting and iGaming industry for three days of high level discussions, business meetings, and networking. The program also includes SBC's First Pitch, a startup pitch competition that will bring together the most exciting startups in the industry, competing for a grand prize before a judging panel of leading industry investors. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit sbcevents.com. All right, we're back with episode 26 of the Betting Startups podcast. And today I'm joined by Robin from Rubik Talent. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. How are you doing today?
0: Very good. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. I'd very well thank me.
1: (laughs) Awesome. No, we appreciate you joining, Robin. And obviously, you and I have been chatting for a number of months trying to make this happen. So I'm glad we finally got to today and are hitting the record button together. Really looking forward to diving in and talking more about Rubik Talent. Um, Maybe just to kick off for our conversation, can you give folks listening just a little bit of a sense of your background? Maybe talk about some of the major chapters of your journey up until the co-founding of Rubik Talent.
0: Yeah, sure. Happy to. As you probably can hear from my accent, I I hail from Toronto, Canada. That's where I was born and raised, grew up. But I I moved over to the United Kingdom and London in in 2007. So I've been in the UK for for over a decade now. And predominantly, my professional background is, is in the emerging talent market. Um, I've worked for some large organizations supporting young people into technology roles along the way. i built sales teams and, and recruitment teams along the way. So all things people-related for large enterprise organizations. This year, we founded Rubik Talent, and the journey has uh, completely changed for me.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about Rubik Talent, Robin. Um, as you say, just in the past year, I believe you co-founded it. Just very high concept. Uh, what is Rubik Talent, and maybe why did you start it?
0: And so Rubik Talent was set up um, in order to support our key industries, including the iGaming industry, fintechs, and payments, our related industries, to help them grow talent and gain skills, specifically digital skills, into into their growing or existing firms. We launched uh, in June last year, um, supporting some key clients with full-stack software developers and DevOps and data engineers in our academy, where we train our, our young right things in, in order to help companies to grow and to scale in the right way. We have particular focus and, and on key uh, values, um, including diversity and inclusion, in order to support a different type of people into the gaming industry. As, as the industry grows, we're, we're looking to support a different type of uh, makeup in, into that industry.
1: Fantastic. So it's, you know, about a year into the journey here. Talk a little bit about the transition going from your previous chapters and sort of this leap going out onto your own. Just how's the first year been, Robin? And, and sort of what the what's the experience been for you transitioning into this founder lifestyle?
0: Sure. So, uh, I mean, I've had a number of key, I guess, events that have happened over, over the last four or five years. I mean, first of all, I left the office one day in my previous job and told not to come back in because the pandemic had kicked off and, and we weren't allowed to to you know be in front of people anymore and along that way that company was actually sold to a large US firm and i had predominantly been in a, a solo sales role so so sort of an individual contributor you know top of the sales chart but, but predominantly operating in my own silo and and i left that job to form a big talent because i wanted to create a vision and to create a company that was gonna make a difference and and actually stretch myself and and go on the next part of my journey, which was to develop some some entrepreneurial skills, develop that vision and and, and passion within other people. And so we spent the last year building a, a team around us that that are also passionate about young people and and developing skills in in others. And so I've had to really come out of my shell in some ways to not be that individual contributor anymore and actually have a a conscientious view of of the whole of, of what's going on around me. Personally, actually, I've I've had two children along the way as well during the pandemic, which has also informed some of my decisions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you've been very busy over the last couple of years, let's say. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Let's do a little bit of a deep dive on Rubik Talent. And I'm really interested to unpack what you're up to here and and really understand the model. So again, for folks listening, can you maybe go a level deeper and, and talk us through a little bit about how exactly Rubik Talent works and what exactly it is you have set up here to help folks with skills development?
0: Certainly, from a client perspective, we see a lot of firms that are growing and scaling, but but haven't really thought through their talent strategy beyond I need to build something, and therefore I'm going to reach out to senior developers or senior people and 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 just build the thing, and 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 build it for my investors, and then sell it on to to the next next party. What we're looking to do is to find firms that actually want to be in the market and have a long term view of the skills that they're developing in their own organizations. And and so what we do is we talk to organizations about how they're going to grow, not just over the next six months, but how they're going to grow over the next two and two, three and five years time. And what we identify are key events or or, or parts of their growth where where actually it makes sense not to hire another senior developer, but actually a junior developer that they can build through the ranks, build that industry knowledge into into their organization, and and we have specialist skills in order to both find and source people, but then actually develop them and train them so that they can hit the quote unquote ground running, as I hear from every CTO. Um, so they can add value very, very quickly to a firm. And you don't have to go through the pains of, 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 of growth, um, specifically for young people.
1: How do you position Rubik Talent? Is it a staffing and recruitment agency? Is it something of more akin to, I don't want to call it a boot camp? But how do you sort of just label it and, and position it as you think about what it is you're taking to market and the problems that you're solving with it, Robin?
0: Sure, we're, we're we're very customized in our approach, specifically for the gaming world, because we're we're taking the gaming message out to a very, very wide audience. And so we go right across the particular country that we happen to operate in. And presently, we're operated in in, in the UK and, and, and across parts of Europe. We're we'll looking to expand into to Canada and the US in the coming years. But ultimately, w- what we do is we we have a very wide reach in the geographies in which our clients operate. And, and we tell the story of our clients to a very large audience. And that draws in a huge amount of interest. and And with that interest, we then assess young people for their passion in technology. We we assess people for their interest in gaming and we then educate them about the gaming world in sports book and betting and we tell them a really interesting story that the gaming world perhaps doesn't tell itself very well and we 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 bring them in and we assess them in and then we train them in our academy and we we train across three pillars of education one is professional skills for those for those developers looking to develop their social skills and and professional skills so that they can communicate in a devops or an agile environment and actually be able to talk about deliverables from a commercial perspective that they're going to be responsible for Two, we, t- we provide technical training. The technical training includes whatever core functionality or discipline they're going to be doing, be it full stack software development, data engineering. It could be testing. We're just finalizing a testing program for, for an existing client presently. And then the, the third element is, is industry education, which, which we should talk about a little bit already. Once they've completed their academy experience, they're ready to go. And then we release them to, as a secondment to, to one of our clients. And and ultimately we provide them with ongoing support and professional development, again, to support a relatively immature uh, scaling organization where they need that additional support either from an HR perspective or from a professional skills development perspective um, to ensure that they're adding value on an ongoing basis. And then after t- a two-year period, we allow our consultants to actually move over to our clients permanently.
1: I was just going to ask about that side of it, Robin. Insofar as uh, I guess the consultants uh, is, is the language we use to describe the uh, graduates of the academy, what is the arrangement they have with Rubik Talent? And I guess ultimately, my question is, what is the business model, and, and sort of what does it mean for uh, the consultants going through the academy?
0: So, for for the technology part of the business, we operate as a consultancy, and and and, and what we offer the new generation of people coming through university is is the next stage in their journey. And so if you think about people who have just done two, three, four year degree, they're looking for something that's structured and and to understand where they're going to be in, again, another three or four years. And what we, we, we provide is for the candidates, we provide a really structured environment where they're going to be provided with skills and given the opportunity to stretch themselves and learn how to deliver technology in a commercial environment, and then we provide them with the ongoing support while they're working for the client. And then we offer them the opportunity to join that client permanently, should they so wish to further their career as a senior developer or as a team lead or or any number of different uh, career paths thereafter. From a client perspective, we give them the opportunity to to secure really top talent early on. And... And and then we provide them with the opportunity to take them on permanently after a couple of years. So so really, after two years, they become so valuable that that they don't want to 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 let them go. And so what you see is actually retention rates increasing um, dramatically over, over that journey. And and so we look at you know eighty percent plus retention rates after twenty four months, which is far better than the the, the market standard.
1: Yeah. No, that's amazing as far as outcomes. And I was curious as well, you know, you talked at the beginning about just the focus on the iGaming industry and some of the adjacent verticals around payments and fintech and and some of that. But what was it at the inception of Rubik Talent, Robin, that, you know, led you to focus on the iGaming industry specifically, right? I don't think it's the only industry or vertical right now that's really struggling to develop digital talent. So what was it about uh, these particular verticals that led you to at least start there at this stage of the Rubik Talent journey?
0: Yeah, sure. We saw an opportunity in, in, in these industry verticals in part, I, actually to step back, my um, uh, history and and, and and professional career has primarily been in financial services in the UK and, and selling into large enterprise organizations. And so I understand, but I understand the the, the technology skills that are needed with, within an organization exceptionally well. And, and I got together with, who are now some of our board advisors, who are experts in payments, fintech, and iGaming. And and we started chatting about the the options for bringing in young talent within those industries. And and what they said to me was, Robert, I'm constantly going around gaming firms who say I need a senior developer, a Java developer in the UK, and there aren't any. And and there's this huge digital talent crisis that's happening, and there's no people coming through the ranks at a junior level in order to supplements the, the, the lack of talent on the senior end. And, and so we saw an opportunity there to invest in young people, to invest in uh, young people for an industry that's so, that, that, that is surely lacking it. And it's, of course, the case that there's digital skills gap right across multiple industries. We are now focused on the gaming industry in order to support that because it is uh, you know a victim of, of its, in some ways, its own success as well.
1: Yeah. And I want to stick with the industry for a moment here. And you touched upon the fact a few minutes ago that sounds like Rubik Talent is doing a lot of what I'll call advocacy on behalf of the industry to potential new talent to come into the industry. I'm just curious what your assessment is overall right now at the industry level within iGaming insofar as our collective effort to, I guess, brand the industry, to market the industry, to position the industry. Um, Because ultimately what's happening right now, in addition to many other factors is You know, we're competing against other very compelling spaces right now and very compelling industries, you know, e-commerce, blockchain, Web3, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's a very competitive landscape out there. But again, from the iGaming industry perspective, what's your assessment on how we're doing at that branding and marketing and positioning?
0: Yeah, I mean, the industry is going through such monumental change at the moment. The problem it suffers from is a historical one. In, in terms of social responsibility and in terms of its 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 image as either a response in, in terms of its responsibility, both in terms of the punters, but also in terms of, of of how firms have been seen to 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 operate over 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 decades. And with the liberalization of guy gaming across the United States and and in Canada, and a large players, large entertainment players coming into the industry, there, there desperately needs to be a revamp of that image to attract a younger generation, and and I think a, a lot of firms get that, and I think a lot of investors understand that you actually have to grow sustainably and responsibly in order for you to either list your company on a public exchange or or to be purchased by you know the next. Private equity or a venture capitalist firm, and in order to do that, you have to have benchmarks in terms of how you're developing and and, and taking people um, through their careers. And so we come with a very practical grassroots solution to an industry that is that is trying to improve its 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 image. And and I think those two things go hand in hand.
1: What are some I guess what I call table stakes things that every industry employer and probably every employer even outside of the industry what are some table stakes things that employers can and should be doing to better position themselves for success insofar as recruiting and developing talent right i mean we read all of these headlines around the struggle to acquire talent right this is uh, an old story by now but you know it seems to me at least my uh, assessment of it is that you know while some of these firms are crying for talent uh, at the same time on the other side my perception that some of these firms are uh, missing a lot of the low hanging fruit that actually might help position them to appeal to some of that talent they're trying to reach. So what are some of the things that are very basic that you would tell any employer they ought to be doing to really uh, set themselves up for success on the talent acquisition side of things?
0: Yeah, I suppose if you're talking to C-suite, if you're talking to, you know, the head of technology or or even the CEO, you have to ask them, you know, and to accept that they don't know what they don't know in terms of, of talent development. And, to accept the you know helping hand of, of specialist firms like ourselves, um, in order to grow sustainably over over not just the next six months, and to not just look at the burning fire, but but to actually think about how you're going to actually grow the firm over 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 coming years, and and that means not just working with third party suppliers, but actually growing your team. Internally, with the right foundations in terms of you know diversity for 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 one thing, um, you know firms that we worked with you know have come to us and said you know we have a, a gender split of you know eighteen percent females in our technology team, which is not an uncommon problem, not just in betting but across most industries. And actually, come with an acceptance that you you want to improve that and and take advice from multiple stakeholders both within your business, but then take viewpoints outside of your business in order to to improve it. And ultimately what you want to do is to come up with a list of tangible, measurable goals that you can work towards in order to, to balance your firm's talent portfolio. Um, and, and if you do that, if you come up with those tangible goals and, and you work towards them, then, then, then you see an organic shift towards a, a more welcoming culture. And, and then you can talk about you know, some of the success publicly. And, and then that, that effectively attracts more people to your firm. And And then you can attract a wider um, audience in, into your firm. Ultimately, in order to have diversity in your firm, you have to have an inclusive firm. And, and if you have inclusion in your firm and, and an open dialogue with with your employees, then then, then you'll do well.
1: Yeah. And on the topic of diversity, I know obviously that's a cornerstone of everything Rubik Talent is doing. And I know you also have a partnership with the All In Diversity Project and Kelly and the team there and all the amazing work they're doing. Um, Can you talk just a little bit more, Robin, of just about uh, what diversity means insofar as everything Rubik is trying to do and the message of diversity that you are trying to, to spread into the large employers within the industry and really helping them to sort of shift mindsets insofar as Casting the net as wide as possible, really in service of finding the best people out there, irrespective of where those people come from.
0: Yeah, ultimately, in order to 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 have a diverse firm, like I said, saying before, you have to have. Um, and in- inclusive firm. and and so you have to, you know, we were working with with the all in diversity project. We're working with other diversity groups from a student level in order to bring in a a different makeup and attract different types of people, the best people we like to think in into the into the gaming world. Ultimately, the industry as a whole needs to be ready to accept it. and it's it's something that's there that is becoming. Far more prevalent among the large players within within the organizations. Not to list them here, but but there are, are a significant number of now diversity programs within the large providers that 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 are are attracting better talent. I think they're starting to see the benefits of that um, um, through talent attraction methods. And um, ultimately, if you're a small firm looking to grow, you have to be welcome to those conversations as well, and not just. Um,
1: stuck in in the ways that, that you've done things previously. Yeah, 100%. And I want to shift a little bit uh, to the macroeconomic environment, Mitch, maybe isn't what you expected to talk about today in our conversation, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about it today, Robin, because in recent weeks, particularly, we've seen a little bit of evidence of market contraction, or depending on who you ask, maybe a lot of evidence of market contraction. And, you know, part of that has included, uh, you know, maybe... In the U.S. particularly, um, at large tech firms, there have been some layoffs. And I'm just curious what your observations are insofar as this goes. And what's your assessment around how this might impact the, the supply and demand of digital talent for the iGaming industry?
0: Well, I think coming out of the pandemic, we saw a massive surge in terms of pent-up demand for hiring. And now we're seeing a wave, if you like, or reaction to what what everyone thought was going to be great economic growth. And in the UK specifically, we've got a cost of living crisis with, with energy rates going through the roof. And uh, But ultimately, you don't see a, a reduction in demand for technology skills. And I don't think from a generational perspective, you're going to see much of a contraction or demand in terms of digital or technology skills. In fact, I think that problem is only going to get worse. I, this is not a, a, a short Term problem. If a firm's short-sighted, they'll stop investing in their, their people teams. But ultimately, if they're going to see themselves through the next five years, they, they need to invest in, in continue to attract people. I mean, we're seeing in, in another part of our business, multiple offers for, for young people coming out of university. And, and you know th- they'll have five or six interviews with different firms and they'll have the, the, the pick of, of who they want to work for. The, the contraction, if, is, as you referred to, I think is a very short term one in terms of um, layoffs, if you like, and, and people will be redeployed and those skills will be reabsorbed by lots of other firms that are in demand for for those types of um, skills. Where you, where you see the problem is where people aren't able to reskill to have digital skills. And, and that, that's another, that's a whole other topic of conversation is the reskilling
1: of, of, of an older generation that, that don't have the digital skills. I want to talk a little bit more about your founder journey uh, before we conclude today. Yeah. And a fun question. What's been your favorite part of the Rubik journey for you so far? I know it's only been a year, but what's been sort of one or two of the the sort of the highlights for you uh, that you've taken away thus far?
0: Sure. So I, my, my favorite part has been building our team. I think as I alluded to earlier, I was an individual contributor my previous life. And and what I really enjoyed is actually talking to people about sales cycles, talking to people about the the drivers that motivate our clients and 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 how to engage with a client and make sure you're focusing on the right opportunities and and not just wasting your time having a, a chat, if you like, um and passing on some of those good skill uh, sales skills that that i've I've learned over the over the past decade. um and And I think when you do pass those skills on and and your team recognize and see those skills in themselves being developed, that's that's been very fulfilling for me.
1: I can imagine it's something of a similar question. Do you have a particular favorite success story so far in so far as the consultants that have come up through the academy and been placed into roles? Is there a story that really sort of sits with you as being a, a one that that really meant a lot?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a number there's lots of stories. the The one that comes to mind, we we often talk to clients about the skills that and with the roles that that our consultants are going to fulfill. And a developer is is a very generic term, but there are our, types of roles, specifically quantitative development that are very, very, uh, takes a huge amount of intellect and math skills in order to to complete. And and the difficulty that I have convincing our clients that our young people can actually do those is it, it goes on and on and on. And actually, um, naturally, one of our consultants has found their way into a quantitative developer role through very, very good work as a full stack software developer. And And when when the client comes to you and says, actually this person's done a fantastic job, um, and, and so good that they're gonna join the team that I, you know, th- that we didn't think they were appropriate for, it is 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 a great journey. And and hopefully that just sort of puts proof into our our story and our
1: concept. Looking ahead to the rest of the year, you know, we have the the second half of the year about to kick off. What are the major focus areas for Rubik Talent in the second half of 2022? And once we get to the end of the year, you know, as you look back on it, what does a successful 2022 look like for you and Rubik Talent?
0: Yeah, so we built our, our internal team over the last four or five months. We built a talent acquisition team that's ready to, is, and it is servicing our, our existing client base. Um, we're just in the later stages of, of launching some new offerings. I mentioned the testing program that that we're about to launch. Um, we've got some others in the works and I think if we get to this year and have delivered some new programs for some new clients, we've built our internal team out, we'll be able to look into 2023 with some momentum and, and to, to grow in the next
1: part of our journey. Awesome. And my standard closing question, Robin, if you weren't working on Rubik or you weren't in the field of uh, training or skills development or recruitment or talent acquisition in a parallel universe, if none of those things existed, what would you be doing instead? Um, So I've,
0: uh, as I mentioned, I think before I'm a young father, so I've got two under two at the moment and you start thinking as well, not arrogantly, but, but you start thinking about a little bit about legacy. So my wife bought me a while back an ancestry kit um, so I'd probably be doing two things. One, spending a lot of time with my my children, which, which I'm fortunate in a hybrid environment, I get to do anyways. Um, but also looking back at uh, some some history from
1: from my family, my lineage. Um, yeah. Awesome. If folks listening wanted to learn more about Rubik Talent or get in touch with you, how would you suggest they go about doing that?
0: Well, they can email me directly, um, robin.mcdonald at rubik-talent.com. Um, they can reach out to us on our contact page on the web rubictalent.com and uh, yeah those are probably the best two ways
1: Awesome Robin thanks for joining the pod today it's been awesome to chat with you learn more about all of the great work you guys are doing at Rubik Talent looking forward to continuing to follow your story and let's stay in touch
0: Thank you for your time Jesse it's been a pleasure